I'm going to be your speaker tonight, so just uh, br- bear with me a little bit. It's been a while since I've spoken, so... But um, I just really believe that the Lord has a word, not just for me, but for all of us in here. He's been stirring it in me for literally a couple months now. So I can't wait to just get it out so I can sleep tonight. It's like, my gosh, come on now. But, you know, um, I just want to talk to you to, uh, about something tonight that I think um, that, that we all need to hear. Um, you know, we're getting close to wrapping up the year. And I don't know about you, but this is about the time that I start getting really tired. Um, you know, with everything that has happened over the course of the year, I know some of you have even been a part of it, not just me personally, but with our church in general. And, um, you know, with the end of the year coming up with holidays, all those extracurricular activities, you know, life can seem a bit overwhelming. Can you agree with me? How many of you, how many of you get, start feeling that way about this time of year? It's kind of bittersweet. You know, you're, you're happy because the year is wrapping up, holidays are coming, but it's still, it's overwhelming because you've, you've gone through so much and you're trying to battle fatigue. And so, um, tonight I just want to talk to you about something that the Lord has really been developing in me personally, and that is, uh, perseverance. You know, we all go, go through, uh, situations and circumstances that require perseverance, right? Some examples. Um, some, some of you may be walking through a long-term illness or an injury that just requires perseverance to make it through. Times get tough. Times get difficult. And, um, and you need perseverance to make it through. Uh, some, some of us may ha- be having difficulties in a particular relationship in our lives, whether it be a spouse or a child or a friendship. Financial dilemmas. Uh, fi- financial dilemmas can, um, um, require some perseverance, right? You know, especially if you think about the government shutdown. Um, some of us have had to persevere through that. Trials, trials require perseverance and crisis require perseverance. However, perseverance is not limited to those who are going, uh, through crisis or disaster. It's not only for those, but it's also for those who need to endure just the day after day faithfulness you know, to get up and do what's needed to do, regardless of the obstacles of life, right? How many moms in here can attest to that? Yeah. You know, for most people, just getting through the day or the week or even a year is about all the perseverance we can muster up. And, um, you know, working full-time jobs, raising children, and being involved in church or activities, it it fills all of our time. You know, for young people, I know that there's some young girls in here, It could be school, like managing friendships, managing school activities, uh, tests, preparing for college, going through college. If any of you are in here in college, I know that it takes a lot of perseverance to make it through college and thinking about your future. So perseverance, I think, is something we all we all need to get a grasp of and we all need to get an understanding as uh, understanding of Newt Gingrich uh, said this. He said, perseverance is the hard work you do. After you get tired of doing the hard work you already did. You know, if you walk this earth, you need perseverance. What exactly is perseverance? Perseverance is the steady persistence in a course of action. It's pushing through the hard parts, pushing through the hard times. It requires determination, tenacity, and patience. You know, for example, you know, a long distance runner. 
How many of you in here have ever done a long distance marathon, running a marathon? Well, so you'll, you'll kind of understand what I'm talking about. You know, when you're running a long distance marathon runners, there's a certain point in that uh, race that, um, and it's usually, I believe it's usually closer to the end that they will hit a wall and your body feels like it's going to give out. You feel like you cannot go another step. Your muscles start hurting. Your muscles start giving out. Your body start, starts aching and your mind keeps, tells you, you're not going to make it. You need to stop. But if you can just push through, it's really just a window. And if you can push through that, that time, if you can push through that window, normally you can, you can break through, like it'll, it'll, it'll pass and you can make it to the end. They can make it to the finish line. You know, perseverance is something that is developed in us. It's not just we're born with, some of us are just, we, you know, we're born with perseverance. It's, Something that is developed in us. It's kind of like patience. Has, has anyone ever asked for patience? Yeah, big mistake, right? What happens when you ask for patience? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've learned that I don't, I don't ask for patience anymore in a situation. I ask God for grace. God, give me the grace to get through this. I don't say give me the patience because it just, you know, makes it worse. But the truth is, that perseverance is developed through trials. Just like patience is developed through testing, perseverance is developed through trials. In the Bible, in James chapter 1, in verse 2, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance is developed through trials. You know, here's a truth. The trials that require perseverance are the trials that develop perseverance. The same trials that require us to persevere are the very trials that will develop perseverance in us. You know, there are, there are a lot of inspiring true stories of men and women throughout time who have accomplished really fantastic and impressive things, right? You know, uh, Phenomenal things, if you think about it, if you take the time to think about it. However, they weren't always famous athletes, great athletes, or famous people, or heroes. But sometimes they were very average people who were just highly motivated by a cause that they valued greater than their own lives. It's with perseverance that they were able to achieve their successes, and sometimes you know, incredible victories against seemingly insurmountable odds. You know, it's just like, how in the world did they accomplish such a feat? It was their perseverance that got them through it. Perseverance was the key in every success story. For example, Thomas Edison. It took Thomas Edison more than 10,000 attempts at inventing the, the light bulb before he was successful. 10,000 attempts. People thought he was crazy. Why do you keep doing this over and over again? And after he, he successfully uh, invented it, he said, this is what he said. Thomas Edison said this. Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. You know, I'm so guilty of that. And I know many of us are. We don't, you know, we, we persevere and then we hit this hard part. 
And we don't realize that victory is right on the other side. The finish line, the victory is right on the other side. And we just give up this close to, to succeeding in what, in what we're trying to accomplish. What are some of those things that, um, that make us want to give up? Well, number one, discouragements. Discouragements make us want to give up. Maybe there's something that you have been desiring for a long time and it hasn't, it hasn't come to you yet. Can you think of anything? Maybe, maybe you've been really praying for a spouse and asking God for a spouse and you're discouraged because you've been waiting and waiting and it hasn't, hasn't happened for you yet. And, and sometimes you wonder, will it ever happen for me? You know, will it ever happen for me? You know, I encouraged a lady one time, you know, she was, uh, was sitting in an office just trying to encourage her and walk with her. And she was in tears because she was discouraged because she really wanted to get married, you know. And, sh- and she was just crying and said, maybe God wants me to be single for the rest of my life. And so I asked her, I said, okay, I want you to just be honest with me. Is it, in, is it a desire in your heart to get married? And she started crying and she said, yes. And I said, God's not going to put a desire like that in you and not fulfill it. You need to persevere. Just be patient. Just keep praying. Keep waiting. He's coming. He's coming. Maybe there's a child. Maybe you've been desiring to have a child for a long time, and, and that hasn't come to pass yet. Or maybe a specific job. Maybe an answer to prayer. You've been praying for something for a very, very long time, and it hasn't happened yet. And just so, and, just, and discouragement comes on us. Discouragement can make us want to give up and want to quit. Another, um, another thing that makes us, uh, want to give us, give up is difficult, difficulties. You know, again, financial difficulties with the government shutdown. That, there, that affected a lot of people. A lot of people. And there were a lot of people that had to, to go without a paycheck for two weeks. And the majority of America lives from paycheck to paycheck. So you can imagine how difficult that was. Um, again, a relationship. That, um, you know, you just can't seem to repair or to fix. You know, it's just, it's, it's a constant fighting and it's just, it's, it's getting hard to live that way anymore. Family feuding. Maybe again, a long-term illness is, becomes very difficult to persevere when your body becomes weak. Or maybe you're just a person that you just feel like you're going through a trial after trial after trial after trial and you just cannot seem to get a break. And so difficulties can make us want to give up. Another one is disappointments. Disappointments make us want to give up. Maybe someone that you've trusted, that you've really put your heart and soul into, and you've trusted, let you down, and they disappointed you. Uh, Maybe something didn't happen the way that you were hoping it would happen, and it disappointed you because here you had all these big dreams and these plans, and you just felt like they were just you know, thrown away or just disregarded. And the last thing, which is very important, and I think most of us, even as, especially as women, cause us, make us want to quit is fatigue. Fatigue. You know, as women, we all have these hats to wear and these jobs to juggle, right? You know, we, we're a mother, we're a wife, we have a full-time job, then we have to go home to a full-time job. The, you know, our kids come home, and then we're the maid, and we're the cook, and we're the nurse, and then they pull out their schoolwork, and we become their tutor, and they're fighting, so we become their referee. You know, and then all of a sudden, we just find ourselves in this whirlwind 
of, of just weariness and the spirit of quit wants to come on us. How many of you have felt that way? Yeah, I felt that way. Just the spirit of quit, you know, it's just like, I'm done. I'm done. I can't handle another thing, you know? So these are some things that make us want to give up, but this is what the Bible says about perseverance. Are you ready for this? Uh, This is the encouraging part. Okay. Enough with the depressing part. This is the encouraging part. The Bible says about perseverance in Galatians chapter six and verse nine, Galatians six and verse nine, it says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. There's hope. There's hope. Amen. James chapter one and verse 12. It says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Perseverance rewards big time. That's just my interpretation of those two scriptures. Perseverance rewards big time. You know, the perfect biblical example of perseverance is the Apostle Paul. How many of you are familiar with the Apostle Paul? Paul's ministry from his unique conversion to his tragic execution spanned about 30 years. During that time, he took about five missionary journeys, covering about 14,000 miles, mostly on foot. He covered mostly 14,000 miles, mostly on foot in his ministry days. In two years and three months under Paul's ministry, all of Asia Minor heard the gospel. And throughout his travels, you know, Paul was constantly dealing with obstacles that he had to persevere through. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 describes in detail um, the, the hardships that Paul endured. And I want to take the time to read that. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24. It says, five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea. Now that's a trial after a trial after a trial. And in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face the daily, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Now that is a lot of perseverance. That is a lot of obstacles to face, right? And on top of that, Paul was martyred for preaching the gospel. You would think that he would, would have been rewarded with a full, long, healthy life, but he was martyred. He was martyred. But listen to this. Because of Paul's uh, perseverance, because of his perseverance, he was able to say this at the end of his ministry. In 2 Timothy verse 4, Chapter 4 and verse 7. This is what Paul had the ability to say. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, 
which the Lord, the righteous judge, will reward to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. I don't know about you, but I want to be able to say that at the end of my life. Paul was a great man of God who exemplified perseverance through trials and tribulations. Amen. His perseverance resulted in the writing of much of the New Testament. Thousands and thousands of lives being saved. Churches started. Discipleship established. Miracles of all kinds. And the list of, of what Paul accomplished through because of his perseverance and his faith in God just goes on and on and on. You know, I would think that he, even he himself and most of the people who knew him before his lost, in his lost days would never have imagined that a man like Paul could have accomplished so much for God. Now, um, I want to introduce you to a modern day man of God who I believe is the perfect example of inspiration and perseverance. This man inspires me. I mean, when I see this man and see his testimony and the things that he does for God and and his perseverance to overcome, I don't want to complain about a thing. Amen? So we're going to show this video. I want you to check out this video real quick. Every once in a while, you meet people who overcome tremendous obstacles to reach their goals. There are other times, rarer still, when you meet a person who carries joy in spite of ongoing suffering. These are people you don't forget easily. But there is a person who I've come to know recently that does both of these things quite remarkably. His story is one of perseverance and hope, and his name is Nick Vojcic. Born in 1982 in Brisbane, Australia, Nick was born without arms or legs. Although his body was different, his parents realized that his mind and spirit were just as sharp and alive as any other young boy. Even though Nick has no limbs, he has touched thousands in ways deeper than a hand ever could. He himself is a living witness to not giving up when life brings the unexpected. Nick has faced the obstacles that living without limbs brings head-on, participating in activities that many would say are impossible for a man with his limitations. Nick has not only learned to do many of the everyday things, he has worked hard to enjoy the recreational side of life as well. While Nick's physical feats are impressive, it is his passion for encouraging others that is most remarkable. You see, it's very hard to smile sometimes in life. There are things that happen that you don't know and you don't understand and you don't know if you're going to get through it. You know, you go through your storms in life and you don't know how long this storm is going to be. And today I want to share with you some principles that I've learned in my life that you can use in yours. Good morning. Nick travels all over the U.S. and the world, encouraging youth and adults alike to never give up. His perspective is powerful. Nick's story is far from over but it could have been much different. 
His faith has given him the perseverance to get up, even if he had to use something besides hands to get him there. Isn't that incredible? I think we can close in prayer now. How about you? I'm encouraged. Nick Wojcic, he's an incredible man of God. You know, he was born that way. And, you know, there was, that, there was a point in his life, if, you, if you, you can find him on YouTube, he's all over the place. But he tells his testimony of when he was a kid. I don't remember if he was six years old or nine years old. He, um, he um, thought about committing suicide because he just felt so hopeless. And um, he was going to drown himself in his tub. He was just going to lay down in his tub and drown himself. But God in his mercy and his grace... You know, saved him. And this man travels all over the world, encouraging young people mostly, but all, all kinds of people to persevere through their trials, persevere through hard times, that it's worth it. And God has just blessed him. Um, I just recently saw yesterday that, um, that he's actually, I don't know if he just recently got married, but he's got a beautiful wife and a beautiful baby. And you know, and I think, you know, you know, if, if he wouldn't have persevered through his trials, you know, he wouldn't have the rewards he has today, nor would we have the encouragement from him to persevere through our trials. Amen. Okay. And so I, I'm just going to move on and, um, I'm going to give you some biblical principles that will help you persevere through hard times. Is that okay? I'm just going to give you some real quick and then we'll move on. Some biblical principles to help you ver- persevere through hard times. Number one, count it joy. Counted joy. James chapter 1 and verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. You know, joy is a key to persevering. Joy, in this scripture particularly, means cheerfulness. The word perseverance in this particular scripture, in the King James Version, they use the word patience. And that word means cheerful endurance. You know, perseverance doesn't just require an action. It requires a mindset. You know, do you know of anyone who has persevered through a trial with a negative attitude? You know, you know, it's that famous saying, your attitude determines your altitude. For me personally, when my attitude is negative, my level of endurance is lacking. But when my attitude is positive, my mindset is usually, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's, it's a matter, it's a mindset, and it's a heart set. So, you know, you may ask, well, how, how can I uh, be cheerful in such a grim situation? You know, am I supposed to walk around with a fake smile on my face and act like nothing is wrong when my life is crumbling? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you have to fake it till you make it. No, that's not what it's about. It's about having joy. It's not about having happiness. And the Bible tells us where we can find joy. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, it says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, we can have joy through our trials when we become dependent on the Lord to carry us through. It's not about our own strength, and it's, it's about His strength carrying us through. That's where we can find our joy. It requires three words, three simple words. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. I can't, I can't begin to tell you how many times I've said that. 
Help me, Lord. Help me, God, get through this. And you know what? He's been faithful every single time. It may have been a little bit difficult. It wasn't uh, easy breezy, but he got me through it. Amen. And, and I didn't lose my joy. Now we can lose our peace and we can lose our happiness if we let our flesh get to us. But if we depend upon the joy of the Lord to be our strength, we can make it through. Amen. A perfect example. And I asked permission for Miss Joyce to be able to share this example with you. But, you know, Pastor Brad, he, he, we just lost him to heaven just a couple months ago. But, you know, there was a point, uh, it was about a week before he actually passed away that he had gone into the hospital. He had gotten really bad, really quick. He turned for the worse really quick and he went into the hospital and they had him, um, on the sixth floor of the hospital and Miss Joyce was in the room with him. And, um, and so there was a little mouse in his room running around the hospital in his room and she could not believe it. I mean, they're on the sixth floor and there's a mouse in her room in his room. And she said, and, and again, he had taken a turn for the worst. He was a week away from eternity. And she, she said, how in the world did a mouse get on the sixth floor of the hospital? And pastor Brad said, well, he took the elevator. (laughs) You know, pastor Brad, he remained joyful in his circumstance. You know, was it still difficult for him? Yes, it was. But Brother Brad had a hope and dependency on Jesus that was greater than the pain that he endured. So depend on the Lord for your strength. He can give you joy in this journey. Amen. Number two. Number two. To help us endure, we need to rest. We need to rest. Now you may think, how can I rest if I'm supposed to be persevering? Aren't those completely opposite? You know, the Bible says, don't become weary in doing good. I thought I was supposed to keep my hands on the plow. If I stop and take a break, I might as well give up. I can't rest. Well, this is the misconception. Resting is the same as giving up or quitting. That's a misconception. That's not truth. You know, the devil knows that fatigue and weariness will tempt us to give up. And so you know what he does? He makes us feel guilty about resting. You know, he tells us that resting is quitting in hopes that we won't rest. And so then we become weary and we become discouraged and we become vulnerable. And then he tells us that the finish line is too far. We're not going to make it. It's too hard in hopes that we give up. But the truth is rest is necessary to be able to persevere. Rest is necessary to persevere. If we don't rest, we will quit. If we, if rest was so wrong, God would not have commanded the Sabbath. If rest was wrong, God would not have said, those who wait on the Lord will gain new strength. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. If rest was wrong, Jesus would never have said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's nothing wrong with rest. We need to rest. Rest is not optional for one to persevere. It's necessary. It's necessary. And I don't know about you, but as a woman, woman, 
that juggles a lot of hats, I think we, we, we guilt ourselves into resting. Like we feel like we can't rest because then we're giving up. But ladies, we need to take a break. We really do need to take a break. Again, you know, runners of marathons, they have water stations where they can slow their pace. They can grab some water and they can catch their breath so they can finish the race. They got to rest too when they're running. Resting isn't about taking your hands off the plow. It's about giving Jesus the plow in our weary seasons. It's about letting him grab hold of the, of the, of the plow. It's not about giving up yokes. It's about exchanging yokes. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Rest allows us to reset, regroup, refuel, refocus, and refresh. Can you receive that as a word for yourself tonight? Amen. Number three, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You know, a lot of times we want to give up because we have our eyes on our situation or our our circumstance. We got our eyes set on the wrong thing. We need to keep our eyes on the prize. We need to keep our eyes on the goal. We need to keep our eyes focused. Sure, we're going to see the things happening around in our, you know, our side view. But when you keep an eye on the finish line, you're going straight ahead. You're not allowing the situations or the circumstances around you to determine whether or not you're going to stop. You know you got a prize at the end. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keeping our eyes on our circumstances brings discouragement. Peter was the perfect example. As long as he, when, when he wanted to get out of the boat to walk on the water, Jesus said, come on. When he was, uh, had his eyes on Jesus, he was fine, right? But as soon as he looked around and saw the situation, what happened? He got afraid. He began to doubt. He became, began to fear and he began to sink. Amen. Keeping our eyes on Jesus brings hope. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse two says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This scripture gives us three, three reasons why we should keep our eyes on Jesus. Reason number one, he is the author and perfecter of our faith. You know, sometimes um, we, we can't see it. He knows what he's doing in our lives. And we can rest in knowing that it's going to be good. It's going to be good for us. The Bible says that God causes all things to work together for our good. Amen? So that's one reason we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith, and we know we can be sure and trust that he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Reason number two, he's the perfect example of perseverance. The Bible says, for the joy set before him. See, he knew that the reward, the reward was going to be far greater than the suffering. You know, he carried that cross for us. Who was the, who was his, we were his reward. And he counted it joy to be able to carry that cross and to suffer for us. He knew that the suffering was going to be far, uh, the reward was going to be far more valuable than the suffering ever would have been. 
And number and reason number three, we keep our eyes on Jesus to give us hope and determination to not give up, to not give up. You know, that scripture says so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus suffered to say, hey, you know what? I know that you're going to suffer, but you're going to make it through. You're going to make it through. I'm going to help you. So staying focused on him, don't get distracted, and he's going to guide us through. It's kind of like that game, follow the leader. You ever played that game when you were little? Do what the per- the leader does. You go where the leader goes. You put your hands where the leader does. You know, it's following the leader. It's to get you through. It's to get you to the finish line. It's to keep your eyes off the off the circumstance and the situation to get you where you need to be. And number four, we need to keep the faith. Keep the faith is going to help us persevere. You know, faith is believing that as a disciple of Christ, no matter how difficult life gets, I can persevere through. If I can persevere through, the rewards at the finish line are going to be greater than the suffering. Keeping the faith, believing if I can, if I can get to that finish line, the rewards are going to be greater than the suffering. Two rewards. Two rewards we get at the finish line. If we persevere, we get a spiritual reward. In James 1.12, it says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. We get a spiritual eternal reward, a crown in heaven. Amen? If anything, that's worth it. It don't matter what else happens here on earth. I want my eternal reward. That's reason enough for me to persevere through my trials. Amen? And reward number two, we have a personal reward. It's a per- We get a personal reward. James chapter 1 and verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And listen to this. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. anything. We get a personal reward. You know, faith says, it doesn't matter what happens to me. It, it's what happens in me. You know, we don't realize that when we're persevering through things, that not only are we overcoming obstacles, but God is doing something in us. He's working us. He's changing us. He's doing a good work in us. You know, there's that saying, when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. Well, this is what God says. When God, God wants to use our life's lemons to make us into lemonade. It's not, he's not making lemonade out of our situation. He's making us into lemonade. He's, he's doing a work in us. He's making us sweeter. He's making us better. He's making us stronger. He's making us more flavorful. Amen. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Now, I just want to close with this illustration. I just felt like I was thinking about it not this morning, and I thought, yeah, that's a lot. That's, that's a lot like us persevering. But, you know, persevering is a work that just produces really, if we hang in there, ginormous results, right? It's kind of like a farmer preparing his field to plant a harvest. He has to work really hard to break up that ground, right? Especially if it's never been used. How does he do this? He does it by plowing and plowing and plowing and plowing, right? Until the soil is soft. Then he has to nourish the soil. 
and he has to make rows, right, to be able to provide a healthy environment for his seed to produce good fruit. You know, it's hard work, but if he puts in the work, he knows he's going to get a hearty harvest. And perseverance is the same for us. If we just push through and persevere, and it may in our lives sometimes be plowing and plowing and plowing, if we would just keep the mindset that we got, as we're plowing, God is preparing the soil in our lives to produce good fruit in us, then we know that, okay, there's a prize, there's a reward at the end of this. I know I can do it. Amen? Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You know, I've had the privilege of seeing, as a pastor's wife, so many people reap the rewards of their perseverance. I've seen ladies persevering through the waiting period of God bringing their perfect spouse. I've seen a woman persevering through 30 years of prayer for the salvation of her son, who finally became radically saved two years ago. I've seen ladies who persevered through a painful journey of of inner healing and are now transformed. They're delivered. They're healed. They're a new creature in Christ. They're like night and day. They're totally different. Every time I see them, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. It's just amazing the difference that God has done in your life. It was hard, but they had to persevere through some painful memories and some painful situations to get where they are. But God rewarded them. And finally, I've been able to witness those who have persevered through tragic illnesses or very difficult illnesses, some receiving healing on this side of heaven and some receiving a greater reward on the other side of heaven. Either way, they have left a legacy of hope because they have persevered. They have not lost the faith. They've kept the faith. So listen, ladies, if I can just encourage you tonight, the reward is greater than the suffering. So don't give up. Don't give up. There's a future and a hope for us. Amen? Would you stand with me? And we'll just have a word of prayer. If you could just close your eyes, please. Just want everybody to close your eyes. And I just want you to begin to examine your heart. Begin to examine your life. Begin to examine your life in reference to maybe a circumstance or a situation or something that you're going through that you feel like perseverance needs to be a part of that circumstance or that situation because you just really feel like giving up right now. You just really feel like giving up. You're tired. You've lost hope. You feel like there's no way out. You feel like it's a lost cause. Think about that right now. And I want you to think about where you are in your relationship with the Lord. Ultimately, He's the one. He's our helper. He's the one who gets us through. And so, first of all, I just want to ask you, is if there's anyone in here tonight that, after examining your life, has said, you know what, I've been doing this on my own. 
I never realized that I could get through this with the help of a Savior. But I want the help of a Savior. I need the help of a Savior. Because if I don't get a Savior, I'm not going to survive this. If that's you tonight, and you just want to surrender your life over to the Lord, and surrender your circumstance over to the Lord, that you have not experienced the love of a Savior in your life, and you want to know Him in a personal way, not just as a God or a religion, but as a savior, as a friend, as a healer, as a deliverer, with with every eye bowed, every head bowed, and every eye closed. No one's going to look around, and I'm not going to ask you to come up. I just want you to acknowledge that. Just acknowledge that to the Lord just by raising your hand and just saying, I need Jesus. I need Jesus in my heart. I need Jesus in my life. I need Jesus as my savior. Now, if you've come with a friend and that friend is standing next to you, I just want you to grab her hand just to let her know that you are making a decision for Christ. Because you know what? As you go through your circumstance, she's going to help you. She's going to encourage you. She's going to know how to pray for you. And so just want you to grab her hand right now. Now, let me ask you something else. If you're in here tonight, and you are a Christian. You are a believer in Christ. You're saved. You're, you're filled with God. You're filled with the Spirit of God. But you've, you've got your, your eyes off of the prize, off of the goal. And you've gotten your eyes set on the circumstance and the situation. But you just need a reset. You need a refocus. And you just want to say, that's me. I want you to raise your hand. No one's looking around. Just to acknowledge, Lord, I need your help. If there's a lady in here tonight, if you're in here tonight and you're saying, I'm just tired. I have not allowed myself to rest. I have not allowed myself to rest in the presence of the Lord and I just need to rest. And that's you. I want you to just raise your hand right now. Okay. You know, that's the majority of us in here that has raised our hand for one or one or more of these these reasons one or more of these situations none of us are are um exempt from trials and tribulations we all need the we all need to persevere and we all need the help of jesus amen we all need to set our eyes on jesus and so i just want to pray this corporate prayer and i just want us to all pray it together so if you will just pray after me i'm going to lead you in a prayer and i just want everyone to pray it amen Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need your help. I need your strength. I need you to help me through this circumstance. Lord, come into my life. Help me, God, to persevere. Forgive me, Lord, for doing it on my own for trying to accomplish it in my own strength. I ask you to forgive me for relying on myself. I need you, Lord. Help me, Jesus, to walk this walk that you've called me to walk with your grace, with your help, and with your joy. Help me to give over 
the circumstance to you. I need to rest, Lord. I'm tired, Lord. I want to give up, Lord. But I know I can't. Help me rest, Lord. Help me have faith, Lord. Help me keep my eyes on you, Lord. Help me keep my attitude right so that I can persevere and gain the prize. Lord, more than anything, you are the ultimate prize. And I want you in my life. I want you as my prize. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We all need to set our eyes on Jesus. Amen. Above all, above everything of the last 45 minutes of me talking to you, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. He's the only one that is ultimately going to get us through. Amen. He has the answers. He has the hope. He has the strength. He has everything that we need to make it through our situations. Amen. Amen. I want to just take a real quick minute and we're going to sing this song. You're going to do running. Okay. I want to sing this song real, real quick. Don't have to be five minutes. No, seriously, I don't want you to have to persevere through this song. But, you know, this song, the Lord just gave me the song as he was stirring this, this teaching in my heart. I was getting ready one day and, and the song came on the radio and I was like, that's what I need to sing. That's the song I need to sing. Because that's ultimately what I need to do is keep my eyes focused on Jesus if I'm going to make it through. So let's just sing this song as a, a declaration. And then I'm going to give you directions on how to get dessert. Amen.
sing it out, just voices. Thank you, Lord God, that we can focus on you, Lord, that you are the ultimate, you are the ultimate goal, you are the ultimate prize. And Lord, your word promises that if we fix our eyes on you, the author and the perfecter of our faith, that we will, we will get there, we will make it, you will help us, God, and we will receive the prize. And we just thank you so much for this night, for your word. We love you, Lord. We ask your blessing upon our fellowship tonight, that it would be sweet, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.